This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining us, we'd like to welcome you to episode number 48. I'm Nick Howell. And I am the luscious Sir Ian Dangerous. And I don't know about you, Nick, but are you ready to catch some hands? Oh yeah, I'm going to catch these hands. Oh, these. this week was a full of hand catching. <laughs> okay. As we had uh, another week that was just one pit stop closer to the Royal Rumble as we slowly keep lurching towards one of WWE's biggest pay-per-views of the year. And actually one that, you know, the last few years, every year, I keep getting excited about the Royal Rumble before it happens. And I've been disappointed the last few years, I'm not going to lie. Like, Have you asked yourself why? I, I have. I've spent, I've spent probably too much time <laughs> debating why I've been disappointed in the Royal Rumble over I'll the last few why. years. Okay, tell me. It's a who's it's about who wins, and that's why I know that I get more excited about the surprise entrances as you guys have heard about me talk about on this show. I get more excited about <gasps> who's gonna come out next than who actually ends up winning the fucking But here's the here's thing. here's the problem is that over the last few years it hasn't just been who's won the thing, it's how they've won it and what's happened in the middle. And there's been a lot of really disappointing booking in the guts of the Royal Rumble over yeah. the last few years as well. And you can have someone who I don't necessarily really want to win win as long as the rest of the Rumble has been entertaining up until that point. I thought the last year's Royal Rumble was the closest we've come to that in the last four or five years. Yeah. This year's Rumble at this point, given the number of people who conceivably could win the Rumble, like the number of ways we could go with this, it does lend it more towards the possibility of being a good Rumble, including the winner as opposed to just us having some fun in the middle of it. Sure. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, for me, the highlight last year was Ty Dillinger coming out at 10. And the fact that that's the highlight is not saying much. Exactly. But yeah, well, two years ago, it was AJ Styles. And yeah, so we, lots to look forward to this year. We'll get more into what we think of the Rumble coming up. But we got to talk about what happened this week first, because we did see some good TV this week. We saw a, a, a fan favorite we still not name yet until we get to the show. Yeah. Uh, doing a lot of what he does best, yes. uh, which includes catching hands, giving people hands to catch. <laughs> uh, we saw the return of a popular uh, finishing move that was banned previously, which was shocking to say the least. The fact that that got almost as much press as anything else this week should say something. I jumped out of my skin. Oh, I was shocked, shocked <laughs> that it came back. Uh, and we saw a, a new champion over on SmackDown Live. 
which was which also was a surprise. It was a shock that the, uh, we had this championship happen this week, uh, among other things. But uh, before we can talk about any of that, we got to go over and talk about some big news. Well, coming hot out of WWE last week, we heard that Paige, Paige is officially, again, too injured to compete in the Royal Rumble this year and may actually have to retire. Yeah, it, there's no official word from WWE specifically yet that I can find. It's all still other sources reporting it, PW Insider and uh, Pro Wrestling Torch and a bunch of other like very knowledgeable places saying that Paige is done in WWE, that the, the, they're not going to clear her again to wrestle. Yeah, uh, She was ringside this week in her ring attire, but did not get involved in anything. And she has been removed from the Royal Rumble graphic. And on WWE.com, they did say that due to a neck injury, she will not compete in the Royal Rumble, which is heartbreaking. Yeah. For her, who is, I mean, she's going to go down as being a very historically relevant uh, person in, in, in wrestling, in women's wrestling specifically. Uh, for her to not be involved in the first Women's Royal Rumble is a tragedy. And, I and can she's only imagine, 25. I, I, personally devastating, I can only imagine for her. Um, and But again, we don't have any official word from WWE, probably because they're still running tests and still figuring it out. Right. That being said... There's, there's a couple aspects I want to talk about here. One, she was out for whatever, what, I think 17 months. Yeah. She was out uh, after neck surgery and rehabbing her neck. And her doctors told her, don't go back and wrestle. You can't wrestle with this neck. You're going to get injured again. And sure enough, she's, she was back for a month or two and boom, she got injured. Have we not had enough lessons in professional wrestling about neck injuries? Uh, Stone Cold, you could go back to. Kurt Angle, you could go back to. Edge. Daniel Bryan, Edge. And, and that's interesting you said Edge first because... Um, he is kind of, I heard somebody say, I can't remember whether it was Jared or somewhere else I read Paige's neck injury is almost mirror image of exactly what edge had. And the minute they saw that, and I think it has to do with the L2 and L3, uh, in your neck. So I, the fact that they even let her ringside, uh, just to have anywhere, be anywhere near a chance of taking some kind of bump is, is scary to me. And if we look at what's, what went on with Daniel Bryan over the years, um, it's an interesting case because he hadn't gotten anywhere near being cleared, but they cleared Page. They cleared Page, which was bizarre. Back. And he, I know he's frustrated about. I can only imagine he's frustrated about that. I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth here, but uh, but yeah, the fact they let Page back in in the first place that, that she got cleared by the WWE doctors is suspect, especially considering these other cases. That being said, if you remember, Edge has been in ring and has been involved in physicality since then. Uh, Seth Rollins threatened to break his freaking neck at the one point. Remember that? And, uh, yeah. Uh, when John Cena was coming out to help him, that yeah. was uh, that was actually a really cool moment. Uh, that was one. In my opinion, that was Seth's best heel moment that he had uh, during his run as a heel. But that being said, um, there's a couple of other aspects to this. Sasha Banks, who was the person who did actually injure Paige, uh, Paige had her back turned to Sasha, who was in the corner. Sasha uh, kind of leaned back and kicked her in the back of the of the in, in her back, which isn't a very unusual spot. But obviously, Paige wasn't ready for it, and she kind of got whiplashed. Uh, if you've seen the footage online, it was from a house show. Uh, and there was a lot of fan backlash online against Sasha. Um, and even some professionals saying, you know, that was a really unsafe move on Sasha's part. That being said, uh, to play counterpoint to that, it's not exactly like it's a move that's that uncommon in wrestling. Yeah. And frankly, if that little move is enough to 
cause her to have a serious enough injury where she couldn't stand up for a few minutes. And then while she did walk away, that may have finished her career. It's, it, I have to say, in defense of Sasha, what was Paige doing in the ring in the first place? Agreed completely. So, uh, you know, it, there's definitely enough blame to go around. Uh, I, I'm definitely not putting enough on Sasha to turn her into what you consider Nia Jax. Oh, come on. Hey, I'm just saying. I, I want to go back to what you said at the very beginning of this, which is uh, Paige is definitely going to go down in the the annals of, of women's wrestling as one of the youngest superstars to come out. And if you remember uh, in her early, early, when she first debuted, coming out and taking the women's the beat Divas a, beat, title beat AJ Lee off of AJ Lee. the first Lee. night, yeah. <laughs> first, the first NXT women's champ. Yep, there you go. So... Uh, there is going to be a lot of kind of status put around Paige, and that's why we make such a big deal out of this. The, the, the woman is 25 years old, and I, I just feel horrible that yet another person in professional wrestling is going to go down way too early. Think what you want about Nikki Bella. Went down way too early, was on a run there for a while with the championship, was and, doing a great thing for the women's revolution, whatever. Uh, but again, sidelined with almost the same kind of neck injury. Well, and hers was self-inflicted because her finishing move kept messing up her neck. Exactly. She had to change her finishing exactly. move. But uh, but that being said, the question is what happens next for Paige? Does yeah. she go to a managerial role, which is what she's filling right now with Absolution? Does she go to be a trainer down at the Performance Center? Uh, does she leave WWE and say, screw you guys, I'm going to wrestle no matter what somewhere else? Does she become a commentator? So it's all still up in the air. Uh, she tweeted out something saying that 2018 will be her year. I, I can only say, fingers crossed for her, that that is the case. We um, have not had a good uh, Paulie Dangerously or Paul Heyman, whatever you want to call him, or you know, a classic manager. We, maybe you've got to go back to uh, Vicky Guerrero. Uh, as a thing, but she's more of a GM that I see that. I would love to see Paige take on a female, strong female, sleazy kind of female managerial role for other women that are in the WWE, similar to a Heyman, if I could compare that. I'll, I'll tell I you think right she now. Could do it. Well, I think she could, but she's got a long way to catch up to Selena Vega, who right now is oh. killing that role and yep. doing it better than anyone I've seen except for possibly Paul Heyman now, like yep. in, in terms of the managerial role, she's murdering it over on NXT. Uh, speaking of 2018 being people's years, we uh, more big news. We've been calling this for a while. You heard it here. Well, not first, but you definitely are hearing it here. Uh, Ricochet and War Machine and Candice LeRae have officially signed with WWE. Yep, signed on to the Performance Center. That's the important little asterisk of that, which I we've had debates about whether it was going to be NXT or main roster or The Performance Rumble. Center is where everyone starts out. Sure. You know what I mean? That's They're only saying Performance Center. Who knows where they could end up if they start out at NXT, if they come out of the main roster. The Royal Rumble is about to happen, mm. including a women's Royal Rumble. Candice LeRae, I'm just saying uh, there's a lot of places they could go right away. Um, I would not be surprised if all three of those that you just named uh, had an appearance of sorts at the Royal Rumble in a couple of weeks. Uh, I would be shocked if both War Machine came out because there's two of them and that that's two slots in the sure, Rumble. Sure. Uh, unless they plan on splitting them up, which I think would be foolish. I could see Ricochet coming out if it weren't for some other things that we'll get into later in the show. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, again, super happy for all of them. Uh, Ricochet is our boy, Prince Puma himself. Uh, we love him here, and War Machine are incredible. Candice LeRae is incredible, so very exciting there. 
Uh, cannot wait to see what happens with them. Although I'm curious if they t- keep all their names. Too. Candace obviously will keep her name. Yeah. Because she used it in the, in the Mae Young Classic. Will they keep War Machine's name? Will Ricochet keep his name? Or will he change it to something else? Well, War Machine, aren't they like a Scottish version of the Ascension? Is it, Do they do the, the Ascensionist Scots or something? I don't know. I'm being silly. They're way, they're way more talented than the Ascension uh, understood. To, for starters. That's a, that's a, that's a given. So. But yeah, I don't think they're they're actually they're American. But uh, at any rate, in other news and less happy news, uh, Jay Uso was arrested for a DUI in Hidalgo, Texas, after one of the shows. Why? Recently, um, there's no excuse for it anymore, guys. You know, I just I, it's honestly it's I silly. Take lift but it's, home from the bar every every week. You know, it, it, there's just no. I don't understand this, and I have no sympathy for. Well, it. but here's the thing: we haven't heard the full. Taylor, I mean, here's the thing. I don't. I, I have to look into what the blood alcohol percentage that being over makes you uh, d- have you have a DOI. Oh, in Hidalgo, Texas. in Hidalgo, yeah. Texas. <laughs> yeah, you know, it might I mean? be 0.01. <laughs> exactly. So there's there's more to the story that we haven't heard yet. That's All fair. we know is that he was arrested for DUI. Uh, WWE is basically at this point said we're going to wait and see as well uh, before we take any actions Good for them. So it's just out there. Uh, they, ha- I mean, they've got, they're the tag champs, you know what I mean? The, the Usos are the tag champs right now based on, we will probably see, uh, at the Royal Rumble when they have their match against Chad Gable and, uh, Shelton Benjamin, uh, if there's any immediate fallout from this, if they're going to have, uh, any kind of punitive actions taken against the Usos well, in drop WWE. the belts first, at least get them. That's what I'm saying. Cleanly. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, deal with it from there. So Yeah. That's uh that is the big news. He got his hands caught, you could say. He got his hands in the handcuff. That's terrible. That's terrible. Oh, we have, okay. have, you know what? But we're not done saying catch these hands. You know, because you know where else people caught these hands over on Monday Night Raw. You know, Ian, just when I thought my markery for Braun Strowman could not be any any bigger than it already is. He, he comes out and totally redeems himself. Mark, 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 Mark. This week, um, Braun Strowman stole the week of wrestling for me, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Uh, and yes, that has everything to do with me being a Mark, but also everything to me being a huge wrestling fan and enjoying this, this side of the sports entertainment business is seeing the the you know, scripted choreography of all of this kind of stuff play out like it did on Monday Night Raw. So let's let's set the table for people who may not have seen Raw or want a refresher on what happened. Okay. Uh, before you get too far down the Braun rabbit I'm hole tingling. here. Uh, so Braun Strowman, uh, Nick's favorite human being or yes. monster among human beings, if you will. Uh, Braun Strowman this week was fired by Kurt Angle, came out to the ring Said he was going to get the title at this uh, at the Royal Rumble. Kurt came out and said, "Actually, Braun, it's now not a triple threat because of last week when you pulled on the truss and it was un- you created an unsafe work environment. So uh, you're fired." Okay, bye. And then Kurt runs away. <laughs> yep. And Braun was kind of stunned for a while. Gets let out of the arena for a while by a whole bunch of burly security guards. And right as he's about to leave, one particularly burly security guard with a particularly bad uh, beard shave job. Uh, put his hands on Braun, which began a series of destructive events that went through most of the show and involved Braun Strowman destroying everything and everyone in his path. Literally. He destroyed the entire security team and then stalked off saying, how dare you fire me? Yeah. And uh, found Kurt's office, laid waste to Kurt's office, and then decided to go to the production trucks uh, via catering where he found a poor young gentleman carrying a large cake 
uh, with one very <laughs> precarious slice uh, cut off conveniently for Braun to eat uh, right up in Cake Guy's face. Cake Guy, meanwhile, looking like a scared rabbit as a, uh, a giant crocodile stares it in the eyes. Glaciers move more than Cake Guy did. Cake Guy was terrified, yeah. and I can't blame him. <laughs> if Braun wants to eat your cake, let Braun eat your cake. Now, I thought that he was going to just smash it into his face. I think that's what everybody kind of halfway expected. <laughs> But then when he just picked up the cake and took a bite and, <clears throat> and just walks off, I just brilliant. Yep. I la- I literally LOL. There was there was quite a few moments in the segment that were very they were they were funny. They were over the top. Uh, Braun stra- stalked off to the production truck, which Kurt noted. Oh God, they're worth twelve million dollars. Uh, gets in the production truck, scares everyone, including Kevin Dunn. Yeah. Who finally, was on WWE TV, and him and his big choppers were right. finally on TV, and and Braun. Uh, Kept threatening to destroy things and stop the show in the production truck. Pushing buttons, pushing buttons. What does this do? Turn all this off and uh, (laughs) scares everyone out of the truck. Goes outside for some reason, unhitches the actual truck from the cab, and then flips the truck. I I know that when he did it earlier in 2017 with the ambulance, that there was some kind of cable thing that they were using to assist flip it over. I didn't see anything like that. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that 385-pound Braun Strowman can can deadlift a uh, a, a Two, three-ton semi, yeah. Easily, easily, and just flip it over on its side. But damn, they sold it like he did. They made it look really good. Holy shit! They made it look good. I'll tell. I'll tell you that. I, I, the, my only issue was the the rapid fire editing during this segment made made it look very. Yeah. Uh, didn't make it look as real as quote unquote real as the rest of all of these segments. But the whole thing ended with um, Braun getting back in the ring, coming out uh, trying to kill the announce team. Uh, went came out, went after Michael Cole. Probably only because Booker T in fight or flight mode threw Michael Cole at him pretty much. And, then, and so Braun grabbed Michael Cole. Looked like he was about to murder Michael Cole. And Kurt comes out and in a, a brilliant twist of, of logic, <clears throat> uh, announced that Stephanie McMahon had called him and said, no, no, Braun, you're rehired. Never mind. It's all cool. Please yep. stop destroying everything. Yes. We're not going to call the cops. Just stop destroying everything. To which Braun said, okay, cool. And then just hucked Michael Cole off the stage anyway. Uh, which was my favorite moment of the entire segment. Yeah. Uh, especially because Michael Cole was re- then replaced for the, rest of the, for the rest of the show by Tom Phillips. Yes! Which was fantastic and such a relief, even though Tom was bumbling a couple times at the rest of the show. He was nervous, whatever. He, he gets a pass as far as I'm concerned. He gets a pass. I'm just, I was happy to see that all go down. That being said, I want to discuss this whole segment really quickly with you because I did not get as invested in, in it. I wasn't, I wasn't as over the moon about it as you were. Yep. I definitely thought it was fun. Yep. But it was all like the, here are the pros and cons. My cons were it was, and again, I know I'm talking about WWE. I'm talking about sports entertainment here. It was it was super corny, um, and, and there's sometimes I like my corniness, and there's sometimes when it's just kind of awkward high school theater corny. And this definitely sometimes put its foot on the other side of it, mostly because they gave Braun some really corny lines, and it just it did not all of it hit the mark for me uh, you know, in terms of the acting and the logic of the whole thing. Like I said, with Stephanie like rehiring him and why do you fire him in the ring? And like, I started thinking about logic too much and that's probably my fault really more than anything for getting logic into this. Like, you know, why would Roman Reigns drove Braun Strowman in the back of an ambulance into a semi this summer, but he doesn't get punished at all. Doesn't get fired. It's not an unsafe work environment. He just tried to kill a man, but he, but no, it's Roman Reigns. Never mind. Yeah. Right. 
You know what I mean? But Braun brings down a truss and all of a sudden he gets, no, whatever. Again, I'm going down the logic rabbit hole and I probably shouldn't do that. Don't do that. Uh, the editing cuts, like I said, during the part where he flipped the truck, that, that, kind of, that kind of bugged me. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, this was the epitome of sports entertaining. Yes. Right? This- cake, cake guy is now a meme. Uh, <laughs> Braun killing Michael Cole was great. Uh, it's been Didn't too long you say since- uh, it's rumored that Kate Guy will come out number 30 at the Royal Rumble match? <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the dumb memes I saw online, yeah. Um, but here's my, other, here's my other big con, like when I'm being serious about this, and, and in all seriousness, this whole thing was just there essentially as filler. We had nothing else to do with this feud between now and the Royal Rumble. Yeah. This does not advance his story with Kane or Brock. If anything, this makes it look uh, even more like he should win the title because now if Brock somehow retains, what do you do with Braun now? What are you going to do with him after you've done this with him? The, after the last three-ish weeks, I've grown more and more. And let's put Markery aside. I'm, I'm being real for a second. It, it's looking more and more week after week that that is what they're going to do. And I'm not sure how they get out of or they hit how they get it back on Brock if the ultimate plan is to have Roman take it off of Brock at Mania then I don't know how they get it back on him unless they just flip it again in a couple of months bef- between now and Mania. And this is this is what I'm saying. is like, look, I, when I sit back and just turn my brain off, I enjoy Braun destroying everything as much as anyone else does. Yes. It's, it is genuinely fun as hell. It reminds me of a lot of the antics that went down in the Attitude Era, sure. and I think that's why I get so excited about it, because my inner kid comes back out. Well, and it's, it's stuff we haven't seen a lot since then. Yeah. Um, but that being said... It's they are booking themselves into a bit of a corner with this, as you said, because if they don't put the title on Braun, then what do you do with Braun? And, you know, why it's going to make him look less for being a destructive monster who just can't win a title, even if, you know, you do have Kane there to take the pin and and somewhat preserve him. It's like, well, why can't he come back and get a one on one then? You know what I mean? Right. So that's a problem. If he does win the title. And the ultimate plan is to have Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. How, as you said, how do you get the title back off of Braun without making him look bad? It's they're in a bit of a pickle. As much fun as this is, it's unfortunately creating a bit of a situation where you're making Braun too big of a deal and you make him too much of a monster almost. And do they flip it around maybe and make the does Brock get? Pushed aside in all of this somehow? No, no, no? Brock. No, because WrestleMania is about the casual fan. That's the one time of year where WWE tries its best to reach out to people who don't normally watch wrestling and to tell them, "Hey, watch this." It's their special guests. It's their like their big main events. They'll usually have people that are recognizable outside of wrestling. Uh, and Brock Lesnar is definitely the number one person that they have for that. Brock Lesnar will get in people who don't regularly watch wrestling because he's a UFC star as well. His name carries weight outside of the wrestling business. Yep. So I, I can't imagine that you would have, and, and Roman Reigns is their boy right now. Like that's why, the, that's, that's the main event. That makes the most sense at this point. They've been building to it for a year. Well, after the feud that they had last summer, uh, I, I can really get behind a big Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman feud. And I think that's what, I hear everything that you're saying but to have somebody on every week carrying that belt, defending that belt, being in an active live feud on TV every single week, I think I, I just I feel like that at some point they somebody has to recognize that that's more important than one time a year at WrestleMania. 
I have to believe that somebody's back in Vince's ear going, you see what's happening with this Braun Strowman dude? He's bigger than Brock Lesnar is right well, now. And, and, and backstage, uh, uh, what we've heard from backstage and what we've heard from Braun himself is that Vince is very much hands-on with, with Braun. He realizes what he has here. So I, I think that Braun will be the focus more after WrestleMania once we get this whole Brock-Roman thing done with. I can only imagine. And I think then we might, we might see some more Roman and, and Braun, which... I, I agree. I'm all about their feud is one of the best things that happened this last year. Yeah. And that's just, I'm, as someone who's as I'm not as high on Roman Reigns as a lot of people are like a lot of the the more hardcore community. If you want to even call it that, I don't know how better to describe it. Um, you know, I definitely see the flaws in Roman Reigns. I see the fact that the experiment is not going exactly how Vince wants it to. You should, your number one guy shouldn't have that negative of a fan reaction. Uh, but that being said, the guy can work in the ring and his matches with Braun were fantastic. They were very exciting. It was a great feud. So I would be down to see it again. I just don't see. I think that everything else is on rails too much right now to to step aside from that. Although we will see at the Rumble. Well, another big thing that we had this week was uh, Jason Jordan coming out yet again <laughs> to uh, be Jason Jordan. I'll just leave it at that uh, to mess around with the bar. Well, so let's let's start. From the beginning to the end of this, this was a, one of the longer angles of the show besides Braun destroying everything. At the beginning, we had a, a match between a, a rematch between the bar and Titus Worldwide. Uh, the bar lost last week in a surprise roll up from Titus Worldwide. This week, they had the rematch. They were more competitive. But at the end, Jason Jordan came out to distract them and cost them a victory yet again. Uh, so Titus Worldwide up 2-0 now on the bar uh, as uh, I believe Tom Phillips said, once he was part of the show, he said, uh, you know, we're all about wins and losses here in the WWE. (laughs) Okay, Tom. Uh, Yeah. But anyway, so it's, this was fun because Seth then comes out to go, dude, what are you doing, dude? Why are you messing with these guys? And that dynamic between Jason and Seth continued to be one of the better things they're doing on raw. They're handling Jason Jordan really well. Seth, as opposed to what I said last week, Seth came across a lot better this week. He came across as having more care for Jason Jordan, but still being put off by the way Jason Jordan's going about things. Yeah. Uh, Jason Jordan actually finally pulled out the line that you've been calling since they started this whole stupid Kurt is his daddy angle, which was, oh, Seth, I'll just go get, I'll talk to my dad and get this done. He's finally starting to pull those lines out of the, out of the closet. Nice. Uh, and then at the end of it, Jason Jordan is a way of making it up to Seth gets Kurt Angle to put Seth in a match with Finn Balor, who Seth lost a, a match to last week in the three-on-three. So Seth and Finn get set up with a match at the end of the show, Woo! which off the bat is a big deal because yes. this is a rematch of the very first Universal Championship finals match. Yes. Uh, and it's the first time these guys have fought since then. Where Seth tore his shoulder up. Let's be clear. Where Seth tore Finn's shoulder up. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which they made sure to, to point out. This was a great match. This was, to me, one of my matches of the week. Uh-huh. Uh, it was fantastic, fast-paced, exciting. And the big news at the end of it was Jason Jordan coming in to trip up Finn. Uh, and then Finn stumbles. Seth comes around and uses the curb stomp out of nowhere. I jumped out of my skin. To beat Finn Balor, uh, who then had a very long like kind of hero uh Thing at the end where like Gallows and Anderson get in the ring and help him stand up and they, they stayed on him for a long time which I thought was interesting we'll get back to in a second real quick Seth Rollins brought back the curb stomp and I heard commentary loosely passively indirectly refer to something as the blackout it's called the blackout now yeah and they're, they've so they're rebranding it to get away from all the 
uh, strictly you know, calling it a white supremacist curb exactly, stomp exactly. innuendo, right? Right. So, it's, it's, it's the blackout. I yeah. can't wait to hear Cole say it the first Which, time. But. Okay, so here's <laughs> there's so many things I'm curious about with this. For one, we know from Seth being interviewed that the curb stomp was originally banned after WrestleMania 31, where arguably the greatest curb stomp slash RKO ever occurred. Yep. Um, and after that, because Seth was the champ, Vince looked at that and said, "Ah, when they're showing uh, clips of you wrestling on the Today Show." I don't want them showing your finishing move and have it be the curb stomp and have it called the curb stomp. That's not a good look for our company now that we're kind of PG and you know playing more to the masses. Right. Which is to to be fair, a logical thing uh, that makes total sense as far as branding and, and and public perception. So that was banned. Now that it's coming back, in, in the meantime, you know, Seth had that awful uh, ripcord knee finisher that they never really named. They kept trying to name. Uh, and it just never really stuck, and it was kind of wimpy looking. He could never really pull it off to make it look effective. Uh, so this is, in my opinion, if they let him stick with this and get it back and keep it, now that he's not the number one guy in the, in the company anymore, I'm curious what happened backstage to, you know, what politics happened to get him to be allowed to do this again, for one thing. Is there any chance that he just did it? Mm, no, I, I mean... I suppose there's an outside chance, but can you imagine the heat he'd get backstage if he used a band move, <laughs> That's what I'm talking especially about. as the finisher of the match? Here's the thing. The fact that the announcers were calling it by name indicates to me that no, no, this was planned. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is so much better for his character, by the way. We've been Agreed. harping on how he doesn't really have a character. He needs this monster finishing move. This definitely moves him in the right direction. And it looked vicious as hell. God, I missed it Yeah. for his, for his character. I mean, some of the oh, yeah. best stuff he ever did was, was that run where he was the, the heel champ. And regardless of today's show appearances and all of that stuff, it was effective. It worked. The whole angle with Dean Ambrose and Kane with the money in the brief, uh, bank briefcase. and uh, I still remember how well Brock took that uh, the curb stop oh, at yeah. the one point. Oh, yeah. Left the left mark in his head like it did with Finn this week. Finn took it like a champ, too. And I think that's what Finn was selling. And I think that was oh, to absolutely. put over the move. So I'm interested to see if they continue to evolve. Mm, it. But you can put over the move without having Finn do the long like heroes stand up thing. You it's know what I mean? Fine. Like, I, and it made me. We've been speculating on whether or not Finn is turning heel or whether Gallus and Anderson are turning face, and they still have been kind of wishy washy about it. Uh, but that definitely made me think that they're uh, they're either going to have Finn react to this loss and go heel, or this is an, this is indicative of. Them trying to say, no, 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 he's still heroic. He's still getting up like a champ. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, and that's the second one is the one I think I'm leaning more towards based on his physical reactions and, and how they were selling him with the camera and everything. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, very excited to have the curb stomp back. Uh, very excited the to have this match. Sorry, the blackout. Excuse me. We, we, uh, we can't say curb stomp anymore. Right? Yeah, no, I, which is <laughs> whatever. We're still calling it the curb I guess we stomp. can. We're still calling it that. Uh, but anyways, oh, so in other news on the show, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins' uh, shield buddy, is currently in a feud with The Miz. And he had, in retaliation to his beatdown at the end of the show last week by The Miz and The Miztourage, he had a handicap match against The Miztourage, which went pretty much how you'd expect. Yeah, and you know what? I, I like, I like, I've always said it. I love watching Bo Dallas wrestle. That, man, the guy works in the ring. like I. It's fantastic. Just a classic, classic worker. 
yeah. uh, in, in wrestling. But you, you can't be better than Roman Reigns. So what does he end up doing? He ends up selling the three or four moves that Roman actually can do. So <laughs> That they allow Roman to do. They, sure. they want to make, you know, it's like the John Cena thing. They want to have him give the same show to everybody because it's what they quote unquote want to see. Uh, th- this was fine. It, it started with a, um, an Elias introing them in with another song. Uh, which makes me wonder what's happening with Elias if he's just Miz's intro guy now. Like, he's a great heat getter when he does the song thing, but I do want to see him wrestle more. He had a couple of good matches there for a while, and he seemed like he was getting a bit of a push. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Miz comes in the ring and cut another sick Miz promo. Uh, he's, he's, he does a great job of looking at a hard cam and being extremely believable and very clear. Uh, and then my only thing was is that he's so powerful and he's so charismatic when he does that, even if he's you know, getting heat and being really good at getting heat, uh, then turning him around and making him a total shit heel uh, outside of the ring and just told, you know, scared of Roman Reigns and doesn't really have a whole lot of moves in his arsenal afterwards. It's, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm talking out both sides of my face here because I know that's really what you need in a good shit heel. <laughs> like he's playing his part perfectly. Oh, I guess yeah. I'm just I, that's my mark. That's, it's that's my stu- markery for Miz coming out. Is it's like the stuff that we grew to love about Miz over the last year. Yeah, I just I guess I just want him to be sold as a bit of a stronger heel. And right now he's still the heel with the two Stooges, uh, who even combined can't beat Roman Reigns. Uh, and I guess I kind of want him to be a little bit more of a, a heel that can that can compete. And he has had a couple of matches where he he's competitive. Uh, and then ultimately loses because he's just, you know, he's not the good guy. Yeah. But uh, he's, man, he's, he's almost too good at the promos. I just that thought makes about sense. something, by the way. If they're going to have the Intercontinental title match next Monday on Raw, what's Roman Reigns, your top guy, doing at the Royal Rumble pay-per-view? Probably being in the Rumble and teasing a win, if not winning outright and then challenging for the Universal. Although, I got to say, if you do the Rumble in Chicago and Roman wins again, the place is going to burn. Wow. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> but is, I mean, here's the thing. Is there any way that Miz wins this title back on, on next week's Raw? Yeah, I think so. Or do they go home with Roman standing tall? No, I, I think so. I, and it, you know, I, I, I'm not even going to sit here and try and guess, honestly, until we see what happens with an Intercontinental title. Because it's, at this point, it's, so, it, it's such a reset of where we were a year ago. Yeah, that's one thing I wanted to call out here is that we're we're in an interesting place where all of a sudden the guy who's had the Intercontinental title for the bigger part of the last year doesn't have a title and is now facing it. Uh, the guy that shouldn't really have that title should be over in the Universal title picture against that. And I, if, if it flips again, I don't really know where things are going to go. But here's the you've thing. already set up Braun and Brock. But they obviously like the, the uh, Intercontinental title is the top title you're going to get without being in a feud with Brock Lesnar. And that's a very rarefied air for people who are going to have feuds with Brock Lesnar, as we've seen over the right. last year. Uh, so they have to have the IC title on Reigns at least for a bit to show that he's the top of the, the heap uh, while Brock is involved with Kane and Braun, right? And it's the title you see every week on TV. So as much as it's nice to see it on Miz, and Miz does really, thats as we have said time and time again, Title makes the man, man makes the title. It's really the case with The Miz. Yep. Uh, it is one of those things that does bring some more prestige to the IC title to have it on Reigns, especially with the way he's respecting a little bit more now than he has been in his titles in his past. Um, he, I do feel like he is working to try and you know, bring more of a presence to that title. 
And I think that having Miz hunt for it and gun for it is is a good way to do that. There there are two guys who do make you care about that title right now. Uh, so I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. I hope that if Miz doesn't win uh, next week on Raw, that the feud continues and that he keeps trying to get it back until at some point outside interference causes Roman to drop it to him or something like that. You know what I mean? He does eventually get it back because let's face it, the next time he gets that title, he's going to start breaking all-time records. Yeah. Literally, he's like he's going to start breaking records for all-time uh most days holding the IC title. He's in that hunt on his next run with that title. Well, next let's move over and talk about what went down in the women's division. We finally, uh, speaking of catching hands, Nia Jax finally got her hands on Asuka. Yeah, but then she caught some feet because Asuka <laughs> kicked the crap out of her. Yes. Well, here's the thing. Actually, Nia, this was a really, I thought, well-booked match. I How do you this. do this with your two most dominant women in this division and not have them make either one look less? And they did that by having uh, Nia overpowering uh, Asuka at times and Asuka just trying to figure out how to topple this woman. And eventually it came down to her going for the legs and got Nia outside and trapped her leg in the stairs, kicked the crap out of her leg. And Nia actually, in falling off the stairs, looked like she tweaked her leg even worse, did a great job of selling it. Um, as I was saying before the show, I don't think that it felt as bad as it looked, but it, looked, it, it, did, it, it probably didn't feel great. The way that she fell off of that of those stairs, but, right? Uh, but it did look awful. Yep. And uh, Nia is unable to complete the match because of her leg injury. She's unable to stand. Uh, so Oscar comes out looking strong. Nia comes out looking like you know she had to had to bow out to injury. She literally couldn't stand. And who comes running out to save her? But her best friend Alexa Bliss. Who or then, maybe she's still well, her who then, best who then, friend. Well, who then gets kicked to the curb backstage because uh, Nia and Enzo's story inexplicably continues, and I have no <laughs> idea what's going on there. I don't think anybody does. Yeah, I, I, well, it's one of those things I think they're kind of they're treading water with because I don't think they want to go anywhere with that until the Royal Rumble's done, if that makes sense. Uh, I feel like that's one thing they can slow play and just keep it in our minds, and they might go somewhere with it further down the road. So. Yeah, when I first heard this was going to get booked, I wasn't sure. I think we talked about this before the show. I wasn't sure how they were going to get out of this. I one. thought they were doing it too soon. Yeah, yeah I thought this is a, this is a all, I don't want to say a WrestleMania match, but it's it's kind of a, a big it's enough a bigger match. Deal. Yeah, it's a big enough deal. Um, and I didn't know how they were going to get out of it, and how they played it, how they booked it was was absolutely perfect in my eyes. Uh, injure the big girl, make Oscar look strong. Like she took down the monster, uh, show some vulnerability, but still a little bit of weakness and strength at the same time in Nia. It's Jax. one of those things where you feel like Nia might have had the chance to beat her if she hadn't injured her leg. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was, yeah, it was well booked all around. Uh, another match that was in the women's division that I didn't think was as well booked was Sonia Deville and Sasha Banks. Now, I'm not mad at the outcome, which was Sonia kicking the crap out of Sasha Banks and beating her. Yeah. Um, that I have no problem with. I think that Sonia needs to look strong. I think she's a woman who could go along the way in the women's division once they break her away from absolution. My issue here is, once again, we have another match where you've got the other members of absolution, and then you have Mickey James and Bailey on the outside on either sides of the ring, and they're obviously continuing this kind of feud here, much like they're doing over on SmackDown with the three-on-three women uh, from the Invasion group and then the, the hometown group, if you will. Uh, and it doesn't, it's not really going anywhere. It's just, you know, they're trading wins and losses from week to week. Someone wins, someone loses, and it goes back and forth from week to week. Who is in more trouble right now, in your opinion, Bailey or Sasha Banks? Because uh, I can't pick one, if I'm being honest. There is more kind of just... 
Well, I happening mean, with both of them. There's definitely a part of me, the, the conspiracy theorist, that wants to say maybe Sasha's taken a loss here because of what happened with Paige, but I don't think this is not a situation I think they're going to be vindictive like that. I don't want to think about like vicious shooting yeah, and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, I can't help it. It's WWE. They've put that in my mind over all the years that they've had petty shit happen. It's like with, talking about you know, Baron Corbin matches. last summer with all of his antics and stuff, I'm right? Just, hey, man, it's not, it wouldn't be the first time that WWE did something petty like that. Oh, remember, okay. remember what happened with uh, uh, Alex Riley? Remember what happened with. Uh, uh, Zach Ryder. You know, don't you know? You get the head of yourself. You start talking. You know, it, they'll come back and get you. They're petty. They can be petty like that. And that's just recent memory. Man, we can go back and talk about some real petty shit back <laughs> in the day if we wanted to get really down that. But here's the thing. I, I think that Sasha is still a bit, a little bit more protected than Bailey is at this point. Uh, you know, she she's getting a lot of opportunities still. Uh, thrown her way. She's getting a lot of presence on social media. She's getting a lot of presence in WWE events outside of performance. So I, 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 th- I think Sasha's better off than Bailey, who really at this point has no character, can't pick up a win, and is kind of the crowd's just kind of cooling on her in a major way. So. I mean, I, I came out bold faced and said it last week. I think she's done. I think they're. Done I don't with think her. she's done yet. I'm not going to go that far yet, but she's definitely in trouble. I'm, I'm staying there until they give me reason to think otherwise. Uh, over in the cruiserweight division, uh, Cedric Alexander beat down Tony Nice. Yeah, Mr. Abs himself. Yes. Uh, this, I don't. Here's the thing. So Gold Dust is still hanging out in Cedric's corner, which makes me wonder at what point did Gold Dust uh, lose 100 pounds and become 205? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just just curious. Uh, yeah. So Tony Nice obviously Enzo's boy this week, and Cedric beat another guy on his on his uh, never ending circling the drain until Enzo's ready to compete again. Uh, at the Royal Rumble now, we have a cruiserweight match uh, between the, the rematch between Cedric Alexander and Enzo Amore. Given the crowd reaction to Cedric this week, though, I'm what does he have to do to get over? I don't. What ha- does he have, have to do? Have a character? Have a story? Have a, have something other than the fact that you're an amazing in ring worker, which is simply not enough for main roster WWE anymore. I'm sorry. It's true. It's crazy. It's uh, He is probably one of the most athletic, talented guys they have. But then again, so is Apollo Crews, and he couldn't get over. It's crazy. I hold out hope. I'm not going to compare apples to oranges, so don't freak out here, guys. But I, I'm, I'm reminded of just how bad Rocky Maivia was in the early, early days. Those what? were some terrible, terrible, terrible costumes and things and look you're what comparing cedric alexander to rocky mayavia just the how terrible the shtick was and the fact that it was crap and it didn't work and all of that stuff i i, I think I, there's a huge upside for cedric i think he's decent on the mic he's an incredible in-ring performer they've got to figure out a character and a story to build around that guy See, he reminds me more of like neville when they first brought him up from nxt where he's just insanely talented and everyone's like you're really talented but there's really nothing to you that's, you know what I mean? It's more more than Rocky Maivia, who I, I relate more to like how, what they just did with Jason Jordan recently, where yeah. they made him like the super smiley, super happy baby face, yeah. and everyone freaking hated it. And then they'd swerve the ship into that hate, and now it's worked perfectly. So, I'll give you that. You know what I mean? Like Rocky Maivia, the thing that annoyed everybody was just how like, I'm such a, I, like, such a smiley, horrible... <laughs> May, like main roster classic WWE baby face that like when they try so hard to make a baby face, it's just obnoxious. Uh, and yeah, as opposed to Cedric, who, ha- like I said last week, has a bit of a vicious streak, uh, which is, you know, a competitive. Maybe they need to just turn streak. that loose. I don't know. I, I, I think they need another good heel uh, in the cruiserweight division now that uh, Kendrick's out for a while with that broken orbital socket. But, yeah. I, but I don't, but Cedric just comes across as too much of a nice guy to be a, a heel. 
Uh, maybe you have if Rich Swan gets back and you have him uh, beating people up that are not oh, his girlfriend. Come on. What? Come on. Speaking of beating people up, the Revival had a match this week uh, against a couple of jobbers yep. uh, who they promptly beat down and then gave a great promo where they called themselves professional wrestlers, which if you know, Vince doesn't like. Yes. He likes it. He, you are sports entertainers. Was it's this Pipe Bomb 2.0? A little bit. <laughs> Uh, a little bit. Uh, Dawson, uh, I think it was Scott Dawson who said it. Uh, people were hitting him up on Twitter being like, yo, dude, you're going to get in trouble for saying that. And he, and he tweeted back, yeah, I already am. Yeah, <laughs> I bet he is. Uh, yeah, so I don't know if that was off the cuff, but first of all, I think that's a really awesome angle for them. And it's kind of been their angle from the beginning. No flying, just fists, kind of no flips, just fists kind of yeah. thing. They're like, we're not sports entertainers. We're professional wrestlers. We're out here beating people up every week. That's a great angle to take. Whether or not they're going to be allowed to take that angle is another thing entirely. I think Vince is all over it. I think he'll be you all think? in. I think he's the one who said he didn't want to hear that in the first place. I, I think he'll be all over it. Like you don't call a title a belt kind of thing. Look at what's happening. Look at us talking about it on the podcast all across social media. The, all the response that it's getting. The heat that it's getting. I think Vince recognizes good heat. Oh yeah, he's going to jump on board. so up on social media. Listen, it's you know what I mean. It's, this is going to continue. I can see this building to something else. It gives the chance for them to maybe the third chance is the charm, third strike is the charm, whatever you want to call it, and they're finally not going to be injured yeah. <laughs> and, and be able to get a decent push off the back of this pipe bomb-esque kind of promo. Damn, it was hot. I was going the whole time I was sitting there going, "Oh God, yeah. damn, he's right." And oh, the problem, shit. the crowd still isn't reacting to them because they are kind of cooled down because of all the injuries. Uh, but they could definitely pick up very quickly because they are ridiculously talented, incredible. Uh, probably one of the most like I would oh God, imagine them on SmackDown with the tag division over there. <laughs> so yeah, no, they're they're awesome. I would I can't wait for them to get some real matches. That uh, that being said, quick note about the jobbers they beat. Uh, they're jobbers. They're quote unquote local talent. Yeah. They're not local talent at all. They're actually pretty well-known professional wrestlers. That's uh, Their names are Aaron Solo and Ricky Starks. They're also known as the Extra Talented or just Extra Talented. Uh, they work in progress. They're the tag champs over in Wrestle Circus. Uh, Aaron Solo is actually Bailey's fiance. Oh, so mm, that's little, where I had heard that name before. Yeah. Okay. Cute, cute little tidbit of trivia there. Yep. Well, unfortunately, the revival segment was not on Hulu, so I don't know if that's telling of anything. But I really don't judge that anymore. Uh, also, what a was, jobber squash. You know, I'm, yeah, not, it's not, I'm not too worried about it. Another thing that wasn't on Hulu was the brand, the reveal of the brand new Tron and entrance of Woken Matt Hardy, which I had to go to the internet to to look at because it wasn't on my TV. Yeah, last week they they still had his old Matt Hardy one. <laughs> he was he was calling on Twitter like, "Uh, that's not the Tron I'm supposed to have." Yes. No, the tr- new Tron looks great. It looks amazing. It's it looks a shame really good. Nobody saw it. Yeah, no. Well, nobody saw it, and uh, I, I watched the footage too. No one cared about it either. I, I mean, at what point do we say the Woken Hardy gimmick is DOA? I I don't know. I I can distinctly remember the pop that they got in 2017 when they surprise came out at the behest of the New Day at WrestleMania. Forget, and that 100, forget the WrestleMania pop, on, which was on. huge. A hundred thousand people lost their mind and started doing the delete thing. Oh yeah. It just instantly, the or, minute as the I said, the raw out. afterwards, where people were doing delete the entire time. Roman Reigns was out there, yep. you know what I mean? Like, the, and the in the months following, you know, they'd come out the two of them, and the delete chants were huge. We've said this for weeks now. This has cooled off so much, and the fact that you know he's coming out and beating Heath Slater, and people are just eh, they don't care. 
Bray and Bray Wyatt ain't doing him any favors either. It's if interesting you said going. that. Oh, it's interesting you said that because it just reminded me the new tile for SmackDown Live on Hulu is Bray Wyatt. Think about that for a second. Now, the tile on Hulu is still John Cena for Raw. And and frankly, this well, week that's fair. And and honestly, this week also, uh, the SmackDown Hulu, the little like description, uh, it said uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens continue their feud against Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan, which, as we know from watching SmackDown Live, didn't actually happen this week. But that being said, if we're going to talk about SmackDown Live, let's go over and talk about SmackDown Live. Well, there wasn't much going down on SmackDown Live this week other than a massive surprise. Yeah, there wasn't much going down except for the fact that big double swerve. uh, We suddenly not only have the U.S. championship uh, tournament. We thought it was just going to be one of the the semifinals. No, no. It was the whole rest of the thing. It was the whole rest of the tournament. We got every all other the three matches that were supposed to still happen. And then we're going to have the championship match at Royal Rumble. Uh Uh-uh. Uh-uh. It started off with having uh, the match that we thought we were going to have, which was Jinder Mahal versus Xavier Woods, which I'll be honest, I was a little bit let down by. Yeah, I thought it went on too long. I thought Jinder got too much offense in and Xavier didn't get enough in. And it was just kind of boring as a result because Xavier never really had a chance to feel like he could possibly come back. He just, it just looked like he was just laying down for the loss, if I'm being honest. But it, it just... was such a long match. Yeah. It, was, it was a long match uh, for... Gender to just be on top and, you know, Xavier to not really have any response for any of it. Yep. Uh, but at the same point, it was fine. It, it was what it was. Gender won. It's a monster coloss. Mon- good looking coloss. Yep. He's, you know, he, finally he's, coming around on that a little he's, bit. He's boshed a couple of them over the over the months, but uh, this was not one of them. This one looked great. Uh, gender moves on. And then we shockingly had another match. We had Bobby Roode versus Mojo Raleigh, which we thought we were getting next week. Uh, in in so that we could have our finals at the Royal Rumble. No, nope. this, this was a happening decent, tonight. Yeah, this was a decent match too. I was uh, as a, as bad as the gender Xavier match was. I was actually pleased, and this was a fun match yeah, to watch. Uh, Mojo has completely one eighty for me. I I think he's fantastic now. His attitude in the ring, the the viciousness, the calculating way that he goes after people while still keeping kind of an aspect of like a football yeah. thing going on, you know, like a lot of the charges and everything, the way he smack talks when people are on the ropes. Uh, and then conversely, the way that Bobby Roode was selling uh, that Mojo had hurt his ribs and the fact that became a story of the match. And then Mojo even putting in a storyline, you know, saying in his smack talk, what did I crack your ribs, Bobby? That was good stuff. Yeah, There's a fantastic. lot of good stuff there. Very good, very good all around. And Rude's always consistent. I mean, every single time he's going to come out there and give you a good match. So it, yeah. it's it just consistently fantastic. And he wins. Bobby Rude moves on against Mojo Raleigh to face Jinder Mahal for the United States Championship. Well, and here's where the shocking stuff starts. Because right after he wins and he's celebrating with his bum, with his banged up ribs, the Singh brothers jump him yep. right away. Yep. And uh, then escape from the ring. One of the things looked like he legit injured his ankle leaving, too. Okay. Uh, I just want to point that out. But, uh, so, but then Ginger, Ginger, of course, at the top of the ramp, gloating and says, uh, ha, ha, I can't wait to beat you, you know, in two weeks of the Royal Rumble. And uh, Bobby Roode in classic face fashion says, screw that. How about right now? The whole audience pops and Ginger goes, ha, ha, no, it'll be at a time of my choosing when I feel like in the audience boos. And then Ginger goes to turn around. And Daniel Bryan is standing right behind him going, no, nah, well, let's do this right now. 
For the third week in a row, Daniel Bryan hot shots and changes something off the back of a passive wrestler's suggestion. You know, and and I I, I see a running thing starting here of just this hot shotting that Daniel Bryan's doing, and I dig it. I'm I'm enjoying it. it. Yeah, it's great. Here's the thing: is a lot of times we get these teases where. Someone will say, we're going to have the match right now. And then they go, oh, no, just kidding. We'll do it another time. The heel says, no, we'll do it another time. The whole audience boos. And then they don't get the match. And the audience kind of goes, this was great. Because I can't remember the last time that a face goes, let's have the match right now. The heel goes, no, it'll be when I feel like it. And then someone comes out and says, no, we're having it right now. (laughs) Especially when it's a championship match. And and they've already booked it. They've already told us it's going to be the Royal Rumble. And they swerve the hell out of us and have it right then. And then, and it's great because it adds more aspects to the story. Bobby Roode still has the banged up ribs. Uh, Jinder had a match earlier, but he looked dominant in it. Yep. And so it's going into it. I, they had me. I was like, well, maybe they're going to put it on Jinder and the ribs are a way for them to give Bobby an out. I, I was, and, and this was a decent match too. It was good. And I loved the way it finished with uh, Bobby countering out of the Colossus. A really beautiful counter out of the Colossus. into the, uh, the glorious DDT, which I thought was fantastic. First time beautiful I've seen counter. anybody really do that out of the Colossus because they've had to sell it for yeah. however many months he was champion. But th- that was fantastic how it was executed, turned around, and yep. bam, one, two, three. Bobby Roode is your new United States champion. I, th- I think it's the right decision. We've been, uh, we've been, yep. we kind of called it when this first happened. We said it was going to be Jinder or Bobby. Uh, I think Bobby's a good person to put it on, especially because we know at some point Ziggler's going to come back, and Ziggler and Roode has been a better feud, and I, obviously heel and face is going to make more sense than Ziggler coming back against Jinder. Right. Uh, so with, with that said, I actually, and with this being at the end of the show, I actually thought that Ziggler would make it at least walk out to the top of the ramp at the end of the show. Yeah. I think this is now opening it up for Ziggler to come back next week next during week. Bobby Roode's celebration or something like that. Yeah. And then we have Ziggler and Roode in a U.S. championship match, potentially at, at the, the Royal Rumble. Rumble. Yeah. Exactly. So this definitely opens up, uh, uh, quite a few more story avenues for them. It was exciting because we didn't expect it. Yep. Um, I've heard people say that the Bobby Roode Jinder Mahal match was boring. I thought it was quite. De- I thought it was decent. I didn't think it was the worst thing I've seen on fine. WWE TV this week. Yeah, uh, that would be the women's match that we had later in the show. That was like the one thing that wasn't a U.S. title that uh, that was on the show. There's a couple of little bits and segments which we'll talk about in a second, but it was those three matches and then this women's match, which, as we said, was kind of a mirror of Monday Night, except it was a three on three. It was Charlotte, Becky, and Naomi against the Riot Squad. In which was basically Charlotte kicking everyone's ass, and then Becky. Damn, Lynch, she looked good too. By she, the way, well, there's she, all kinds of new offense and moves, and she had a new kind of vigor. And I don't know where that's coming from. I th- well, here's my speculation: Charlotte's not going to be in the Royal Rumble because she's the champ, so she's got to look like this insurmountable obstacle to whoever comes out of this. If the winner of the Rumble is from SmackDown and challenges her or whatever the deal is, we haven't been told yet if the winner of the Rumble can choose which champion they go after hmm. or if it has to be within their brand or what the deal is. But uh, you know, I think that it makes sense to make Charlotte look like a really strong champ. It just makes the Riot Squad look like jabronis to do it, but uh, you can't win them all. Uh, Becky Lynch looked really strong. She and was Becky, in there for like three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> for the three I, seconds she was in there, she looked strong. Yeah. But uh, Naomi was the one who came in, uh, takes a kick to the back of the head from Ruby Riot, and then ends up getting rolled up and pinned. 
within the ring. So that's Naomi still obviously the least of the three faces, the main faces on SmackDown, obviously here. Uh, we also had a bunch of, I don't, I don't know what else to call it, selfie promos? The women all kind of had uh, like like cameras, like cell phone cameras, and were recording themselves doing promos. And you also had one from Nakamura, one from Corbin, everyone talking about the Rumble. And I, I'm going to go on record and say Corbin had the best one out of all of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I can see of- from a corporate social media or communication standpoint them sending out a message saying, hey, all of you take out your cell phones, do a selfie promo video, and send it to us. We need content to distribute across all of the social platforms for the next two weeks. Totally. And I think that they How wanna- do you wrap it into the TV package? Though? I do like the idea of making things seem a little bit more realistic. Like you don't have a camera crew. It's just sure. you talking to it. I think Mojo Raleigh set the standard for that with his, with his recent feud with Zach when he was recording himself in his, in his room. Uh, doing those great promos. And I'm actually going to correct myself here. Corbin was not the best one. Randy Orton knocked it out of the park. His was awesome. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm, I'm, I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh-oh. And that's the fact that, that uh, I've Ladies and gentlemen, we've lost him. Uh, we've lost Sir Ian Danger. Go back and watch it. It was great. <laughs> I'm just giving you our time. It was a great promo. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. It was certainly better than, and I hate to say this, it was certainly better than any of the women's promos, who all, which all just came across as flat. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Logan once again can't talk. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't even, know where her accent's from. Yeah, I, well, I, it was awful. Ruby Riot came across as really stilted and awkward. Uh, it was just it was bad across the board. Carmella at least kind of pulled it off. Natalia yeah. once again was what Natalia. Uh, Nakamura was just weird. Like it was, yeah, it was. Uh, so far, I don't think they've really grasped a lot of them how to do it. Uh, maybe they'll come around on it. We'll see. That being said. Someone who I was surprised got a bit of shine this week was Liv Morgan. The The commentary is really talking her up a lot. They really mentioned her a lot, and she's the one who got the pin on Naomi. And she's got that nice finisher, which is almost like a sideways code breaker. Uh, it's called the Jersey Code Breaker. Jersey Code Breaker, yeah. yeah. So uh, interesting that they're giving her some shine. I thought that was uh, worth noting, at least. Uh, not Like we said, not a whole lot else on this episode of SmackDown. We had a, a, a really awkward backstage promo from AJ Styles, of all people. Kind of looking like he couldn't yeah. really remember all his lines. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I know. Wait, uh, here. Let's tie a, ro- a ribbon on it this way. Six months ago, Bobby Roode was your NXT champion and arguably one of the best heels in the business at the time. Yep. Fast forward to today, he is a extremely face U.S. champion on uh, on SmackDown. Yeah, agreed. And also, by the way, the the Bobby Roode face experiment to me. Uh, came to its peak when he beat Jinder Mahal for the U.S. Championship. Agreed. With the but with the banged up ribs and the way he seemed like he was overcome, like the whole thing was selling the ribs. Even when he was raising the championship, he sold the ribs. It looked like he overcame a lot, and the audience was totally into it. You know, up until now, he's essentially just been a Ric Flair robe and a really cool entrance, and not much else. Now we've got more of like that kind of gritty, gutsy face thing going on with him, and it's 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 finally working for me. So, and I guess the reason I wanted to make that point is we've we've now proven how versatile that superstar is yep. to be able to do both of those things at such a high level. True, and I, I'm the sky's the limit for Bobby Roode as far as I'm concerned. That being said, he's way better as a heel. He's got a lot I more agree. stuff. He's got so much more to bring to the table as a heel. I can't wait for him to finally turn again. Um, speaking of people who were heels and turned faces, the Usos had a little segment with uh, Chad Gable and Shelton. Benjamin, uh, which was basically the Usos doing a really good promo and then getting attacked from behind. Benjamin and Gable said, see you at the Rumble. And 
And that was SmackDown. That's that's it. Is well, it in a slump? I mean, is this is this is it just kind of I, I, I thought the whole U.S. title thing this week was a lot of fun. But then when I look at it from a whole. I'm kind of like you had you had Daniel Bryan and, and Shane McMahon out ringside next to the U.S. title during the match, kind of being buddy buddy and. We, did, we kind of forgot about the whole Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn thing this week. They went in together and presented it to Bobby Roode yeah. together uh, yeah. when he won. So I, I, where was KO and Sami? Where was, uh, well, we saw AJ in the promo, but That's that was about it. That's the only thing we got for the the, the, the championship. And Everyone re- else wasn't even on the show. I remember having the same sentiment you just described when I was sitting there in the chair, and it's, you know, it's it, they, they hit the, the tagline, copyright 2018 WWE, and I was like, wait, wait, that, what? Uh-huh. That, that's it? What? What? Where is everybody? <laughs> I'm expecting two more hours of show. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that it just has been too long of a break for them between pay-per-views. They've had to stretch stuff out too much. Uh, I'm curious to see what they do next week to get us into the Rumble. Now that they've spent their wad on the on the U.S. championship, like, all right, what else you got? I mean, what else are you going to do to send us in hot to the Royal Rumble with this Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Shane, AJ Styles feud? Um, are we going to see more coming out of the U.S. title picture, tag title picture, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, I, I think they have a potential to do a lot of exciting things, and they just haven't recently. Uh, it's been interesting, but not exciting. Uh, I thought the swerves of having the matches this week were exciting. Um, I'm glad they did it, but at the same time, Raw kicked their ass this week. Oh, big time. And I have a little bit of a theory why on the SmackDown thing is because the KO and Shane and Daniel Bryan, KO and Sami Zayn and Shane and Daniel Bryan thing has been kind of been stealing the show for about the last month and dominating the show. Right. So I think that there might have been a goodwill move to allow the U.S. title thing to happen ha- to own a show to kind of culminate it all and, and kind of anoint make Bobby it feel Rude, important. Yeah, make it feel important and not focus on that kind of feud. I think next week we're going to see the total opposite and almost the entire show is going to be about. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan, and that's going to be the through line for that entire hour and a half. Agreed, next with month, maybe next a Tuesday. little touch on the U.S. Championship with yeah. Ziggler, like we said. But Coming I, out for a celebration thing, like, yeah, absolutely. exactly. I couldn't agree more. Uh, if we want to talk about shows that stuffed a lot into a short period of time, though, we got to go over and talk about NXT. Remember on our Wrestle Kingdom episode when we were talking about uh, the, the girl in the audience that was making fun of... Uh, Nick was kind of doing that at the opening of this uh, this episode of NXT. Cause <laughs> Were you squealing like a little girl? Sticks and weights! Yeah, I was yes. screaming in my living room watching this as uh, Otis Dozovich and Tucker came out to the ring. Who? Otis oh, D- Mandy Rose's husband. Right. Yes. I got you. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, by the way. Otis. Otis. Well done, sir. Mad nicely, respect. Nicely played, sir. Gentlemanly hat tip my your goodness. way. Oh, man. But they came out to a grand ovation, you know, huge pop, only to be facing Riddick Moss and Tino Sabatelli. And Tino Sabatelli apparently has Naito Girl on his side because there was some chick in the audience who was making your noises for you. <laughs> I mean, yes. I, I mean, I understand Sabatelli's a good-looking dude. Looks like he sweats olive oil, but calm down, woman. Yep. Good Lord. I think they continue to chisel his marble body away every week. I mean, so, it's, it, it, it's either him or it's Riddick Moss's traps which have their own zip code i don't know what what it is she's screaming for but at any rate yeah we opened up with heavy machinery facing off against tino uh, sabatelli and moss great hard-hitting match bunch of fun spots we saw these guys do it live and and they're they work really well together uh surprise finish when uh, moss gets his feet up on the ropes and pins tucker knights uh 
shoulders to the floor for the one, two, three, sneak away with a win. Yep. So I think we'll see this feud continue because uh, you can't leave. You can't leave, let heavy machinery go out like that. Nope. Come on. Otis even broke out the uh, the caterpillar. He did. Yeah, into the, an elbow the Scotty drop too hotty. Yep. yep. Scotty too hot. He even started doing the slaps. Yeah, of course he did. <laughs> oh God. I, okay. So speaking about my markery of just big dudes, right? But that's where my excitement ends because then Roderick Strong's music hits. This was a great match. Roderick Strong versus Fabian Eichner. I, nice, great technical wrestling match. It was over match. in four minutes. Because and it was great the entire time. <laughs> the part that Fine. wasn't great was when Roderick picked up the mic afterwards. As we've said, keep him away from a microphone. Just let him wrestle. Keep him in the back room. Lock him into his into the locker room with a TV and a lounge chair and make him binge watch Johnny Gargano promos. Oh, we'll get to Johnny Gargano yeah. in a second. Yes, because uh, now here's two things about the Roderick Strong Fabian Eichner match. First of all, uh, Maros keeps selling Fabian Eichner like he's about to break through. And and he is. He is about to break through. He's just had nothing but like he's been putting people over for the last few weeks. Yeah. Uh, he's got a new theme song. I felt like he's starting to do this, like a new signal, like you know, next level, whatever. He's starting to get like a character going. It's gonna Fabian Eichner gonna get that love soon. That boy is pretty, he's ready to blow up. Keep an eye on Fabian. Uh, but so we were so we mentioned Roderick Strong picked up a mic at the end of this match, shudder, uh, and called out of all people, your boy and my boy Lars Sullivan. Um. Uh, how long has Roderick Strong been suicidal? That's my question. Uh, it's a good, very good question. I'm, I've, I've marked out enough about big dudes in this episode already. I'm trying to. It's, it's probably man. A there's good a double I- entendre there, Nick. Yeah. There, it's probably a good idea that Lars Sullivan did not come out uh, upon being challenged by Roderick Strong. You got nothing left. He'd be shooting dust. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yes, uh, the four minutes that we got to see uh, Roderick Strong and Fabian Eichner face off against each other were very, the graps were fantastic. Yeah. Puts him in that uh, kind of, I don't know what they call Stronghold. That, the stronghold. Stronghold thing, finish. Where he's got his knee dug into his back. It looks effing painful. Yeah. Uh, Roderick you know. Strong is great in the ring. Yeah. But here's the thing. Now, Okay, so he challenges Lars Sullivan. Didn't Lars Sullivan just challenge Killian Dane last week? Right. How is this going to work? I don't know. Are we going to have a three-way match between the three of them? Because if so, what's Roderick Strong doing in there other other than to take the pin for one of those guys? Well, uh, what we do know is that we'll get a nice story uh, about how his trailer park upbringing. Oh, stop and being so bitter. His wife and his kids and all of that stuff, you know. Well, you know who else they're doing that with is TM61, who look like they're about to make their return. They did a nice little promo package for them, making them look like sweet, upstanding young gentlemen from Australia. Who swear a lot. <laughs> who curse a lot. Well, hey, man, come. Uh, that got them over a little bit with me, almost as much as it got uh, got them over with me to know that they were trained under Harley, Harley Race and that he took a genuine interest in their career, even being ringside at some of their big matches. Yep. Uh, this was a really actually kind of a cool segment, although uh, I will say it did feel ripped off from uh, Chucky e. T and Trent's promo videos of the same style when they were doing the uh, the Best Friends thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, they ripped yeah. off. They, they kind of ripped off that thing and they even got called out on Twitter for it but it still was very effective um, we didn't know who these guys were really before they got injured like last time when they were in the tag division they were just kind of there and we didn't have any backstory to them so were these the guys we saw at Riverside no these guys these guys are Aussies uh, Nick Miller Shane Thorne uh, TM61 actually stands for Thorne Miller and then 61 is the uh, the call code the country code for Australia oh, that's, okay, that's yeah. people who don't know what TM61 <laughs> is they never freaking explain it on the show right 
that is what TM61 stands for. They, I mean, here's the thing. They've, they've wrestled in pro wrestling. Noah, uh, Ring of Honor, TNA, New Japan. Like they, they do have a serious history. I remember from the last time they were in NXT, they were killer. Like they looked great in the ring. Um, I'm excited to have them back. Although I don't know if we need another face team. Maybe War Machine will come in as heel. Uh, who knows? Oh yeah, I but, can see uh, them definitely coming in as heel. Yeah, but it was it was it was cool, man. It was a, it was a nice little segment to reintroduce them. We're getting part two of this next week, uh, and then I I can only assume that they'll be back and wrestling and and fighting. I like I said, who knows who they'll be facing? I could see War Machine though as uh, being one of their first ones. That but could then be they're good. gonna yeah. they'd be losing to War Machine though. Uh, speaking of promo videos, we also had a promo video and a, and actually a speech. For the upcoming Alistair Black Adam Cole match, which will be at Takeover, uh, Extreme Rules match, by the way, which uh, we have yet to see exactly what that's going to entail. Although the the video uh, promo they did, the video segment they did, started off with a whole bunch of footage of ECW and some of the bigger, like crazier uh, spots that happened in ECW. Rob Van Jam, Dam jumping into the crowd. Uh, well, I guess they own all that footage, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not like they can't use it. They're not doing anything wrong. But the, no, it's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying it's kind of like with the War Games thing where they, they tried to promote like how crazy that match was. And then it really was that crazy. And now they're saying we're having an extreme rules match, but they're showing all of these historically really insane spots. Uh, and we're about to have an extreme rules match. I'm I'm wondering, I'm my hopes may be getting up on this, that they really are going to have an absolutely insane match with some truly insane spots. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. That'd be uh, good. That would be very cool. What was very cool in my eyes was these. It was I want to say it was a match, and then it was a segment, and then it was a face off, and there was this whole like women's segment that happened in NXT that I thought was really effing cool this week. Yeah, started out with a match between Aaliyah and Lacey Evans, who yes. I am really high on right Lacey now. Lacey Evans now working heel apparently. Uh, I wasn't totally convinced with her in the match as far as her heel character, but then she came out and cut an awesome promo. Uh, her new character being, of course, that she's superior to everybody else and everyone else is kind of trash and garbage in the women's division. And while she was running everyone down about how how what mongrels they were, if you will, uh, Shayna Baszler came out and uh, scared her off. And then Shayna gets in the ring and Aaliyah, who has just been dismantled by Lacey Evans, gets put into what Nigel calls a Kanemoto clutch, which is uh, Nigel showing his ring IQ because its inventor was Koji Kanemoto, so it's more typically known as a Koji clutch. He's just getting fancy with us. Yeah. But basically, Shane... Stop showing off, Nigel. Yeah, <laughs> Nigel, you nerd. <laughs> nerd! But uh, yeah, so Aaliyah gets put into this, sells uh, sells her own death very well as yeah. Shayna chokes her out. Ember Moon comes out to a huge ovation, chases off Shayna Baszler, uh, tells her she's gonna, to get in the ring, she's going to kick her ass, and Shayna says, I'm not getting in that ring until you put your title on the line. Ember says, fine, get in the ring. I'm putting my title on. I'll kick your ass. The whole audience just gets all. And we'll do it at Takeover. Yep. And then uh, Regal after the segment makes the match. Yeah, you know, I I don't know how high I am on Ember Moon anymore. If I'm being honest. What? It, yeah. And I just I, there was a point a couple of years ago where she was kind of on this rise before she got injured, where I was all on board, and I just I don't feel it anymore. I, I just I'm not behind it. Really? I, yeah. I just there's so much new talent that's coming up. Oh that's, man, just bulldozing. For me, and, and I, I, I know I'm not alone in thinking this, but it's just I I just don't feel that from her anymore. To to your point, I can understand that she did cool off after losing to Asuka and the injury and everything. I think that she's gotten a lot of that fire back. This segment was fantastic. 
Uh, it really showed her having some great fire. Uh, she and Shayna look really like they look like a, they're going to make a great pairing out of this. Uh, Regal after this did make the match for TakeOver in a segment that, by the way, he was interrupted by Zelina Vega in who says Johnny Gargano is getting challenged by Velveteen Dream. He should have to face Velveteen Dream to keep his opportunity at, uh, at the title with uh, Cien Almas. And uh, Regal said, oh, I, I don't think he should do that at all. Uh, and Zelina, Zelina basically goes, well, I guess that uh, Johnny's just going to get his ass kicked to take over then because he's just not worth my time or anyone's time because he's just not as good as everyone thinks he is. To which, to go to call back to Roderick Strong, as you said earlier, yes. he needs to watch Johnny Gargano promos. This is the promo he has to watch because Johnny Gargano came out to the ring and cut the babyface fire promo of 2018. Top this one. Somebody... This had me fired up on my couch going, yeah, Johnny. Yeah, boy. They, they just need to lock Roboteric Strong in, in a room. Same thing I said earlier. I'm just going to repeat it again for, for emphasis. Lock him in there. Put this promo and a dozen other ones that Johnny has done over the last three or four years and put them on loop but and this just is, make him watch This him. is the most fired up Johnny's oh, been. I agree. The, Johnny is probably the best babyface Pure babyface they have in the company. He is the new Sami Zayn. What Sami Zayn was in NXT. Great point. That's what they're doing with Johnny Gargano. He wins some. He loses some. He's going to get close to the big one and not be able to get it because of other things. You know, it's it's fan. This is great. But the fan base, stuff. he's relatable. They're going to be behind him. Oh, it's yeah. All of that. Kind oh, of just God. pure babyface stuff. He's such a babyface. He's one of those babyfaces that you just can't help but love the guy. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like, oh, you little, you little so-and-so. Yeah, you go <laughs> get him, Johnny. Well, hey, we have to get to it real quick. Uh, to finish off the show, we had the Street Profits facing off against the Authors of Pain. And they asked for it. That's all I got to say. You, you, you asked for it. What did you think was going to happen? They did ask for it, but this was an undefeated streak. The Street Profits, Street Profits had never been defeated well, until now, where the Authors of Pain reestablished why they're the Authors of Pain and absolutely murdered these two poor guys. Yeah. Like, hey, the party just ended. Yeah, this, the party, this. pour out the solo cup. <laughs> The party's over for the Street Profits. Yeah, they're done. Uh, well, they're not done. They're not they're done. Not, just, <laughs> they just got cooked. Their, oppor- their opportunity at the titles uh, at the titles at the next takeover is done. The AOP will be facing the Undisputed Era, which is interesting. Heel versus heel team. Uh-huh. Interesting. Does this mean that uh, Undisputed Era finds a way to beat uh, the uh, the AOP en route to them showing up on the main roster? We've been saying this for. It feels like years, but I feel like the main roster is so ready for AOP right now. They have been for the better part of a year at this point. Yeah. Uh, well, that's NXT. Before we get out of here, though, we do have to talk about some very noteworthy notes and news. Uh, the big one that we got to talk about, and this is... Let me take a deep breath before this. Yeah. Uh, so there, as we know, the WWE's uh, TV contract is up uh, in 2019. And so we have heard rumors come out this week that they may be uh, talking to... Well, they have been. Uh, Triple H did have talks with executives. A bunch of WWE executives have been talking to people uh, at places like uh, Amazon, Fox, CBS, Disney, uh, YouTube, Google. Uh, and one of the most interesting talks is happening over at Fox, where they are currently renegotiating their UFC deal as well. And UFC wants... $400 million a year as opposed to their current $200 million a year. So it's not going well for UFC. 
In the meantime, Fox is allegedly taking a look at WWE, mm. uh, potentially either for a TV contract, which is at the end of the day probably more likely, uh, just because I, I can't imagine Vince would want to get rid of his company sure. at this point. Although the CFO of WWE has said that they are open for business, quote unquote, when it comes to offers to buy the company, uh, very interesting. But uh, if they do do a TV contract, that would mean that Raw, for the first time ever, would be on Fox on network TV. The upside, of course, being that if it's on Fox, that they'd be going on at 8 p.m. Eastern as the way that they are right now. But it would be a two hour show so they could cut to the 10 o'clock news. I don't know how they could do that. I don't know if they could pull that off. They've got 25 years of it being a three hour show. Why? No, they don't. No, it was a two-hour show for the longest time. When they went to USA, they had to fill extra time. It hasn't been a three-hour show forever. Has it not? Nope. It used to be two hours. Oh, yeah. For the most, for most of it, it's been a kid. Who knows? (laughs) No, it's has a way of slowing time down. No, and I don't do drugs, kids. uh, It's. I think it's a. uh, Obviously, that's that's a very attractive thing to have Raw go back to being two hours. Uh, But in addition, depends on how you look at it. But in addition. Think about all of the content they would have to have to cover all the spaces that Fox has on all their networks where UFC currently is. Well, let me throw another curveball at this. Fox is currently sitting on a massive payday, or they will over the course of the next year, because they were just bought, or at least the film division was just bought by the big D word over in Burbank. So, meaning Disney. And so they're going to have, they got a lot of cash from that acquisition. They need to fill ad inventory on all of these FS1, FS2, Fox Sports Southwest, all of these regional affiliate kind of stations, right? And who has more content right now than the WWE uh, to fill all that stuff up? Well, and this is the interesting thing. If they do start pulling from their library to fill that time, if that deal does happen, there are so many aspects to this possibility that we could make a whole show just talking about this. There's a lot of things to consider. For instance, WWE would is, is, would be asking for $400 million for their TV contract, which is what UFC wants that Fox doesn't want to pay. Uh, so would, you know, would Fox go for WWE and, and you know, basically throw UFC under the bus? If WWE leaves the USA network, what is USA going to do? Because that takes them from being a top-tier uh, cable channel to not really having any content to speak of. Mr. Robot doesn't count. No. Uh, you know, and, and do they, do they, does NBC Universal, who owns USA, do they go looking at UFC if they lose WWE? Uh, and in addition, you know, UFC just sold last year for $4 billion. They're obviously, you know, looking to make more money. They're not, it's not Dana White anymore. It's a whole company. Like, they're... They're having, they're finding a whole different set of priorities yeah. now. Uh, so, uh, in addition, looking at WWE, their stock in, in the last period was up thirty one percent, while the Dow Jones at the same time was up eleven percent. Uh, so, they're definitely doing really well in the stock market. They had, I think their best quarter ever, something like that. Um, they're doing really well. Part of that is their cost cutting measures, no more pyro, et cetera, et cetera, uh, which could be argued to be something that makes them look more attractive to a potential buyer in yeah. terms of their bottom line, their profit margins. And let's be honest, 2017 was a fantastic year for the WWE. Uh, Profits-wise, I don't know about creative-wise. Well, okay. Overall, I really enjoyed 2017 in the WWE, and I think it was one of the better years they've had in a long time. So I think that plus the pyro, plus the streamlining of a lot of the other things has contributed to, to that kind of growth. And I'm, I'm a shareholder. I'll put my hand up. I own stock. It's not a lot. It's nowhere near a voting 
kind of thing, but you know, <laughs> I've got some shares. It's, maybe it's a good I like thing. Monies, I like to make money. So, anyway. Braun. Yeah, put Braun on. Yeah, just brought. I want the Braun show. No. Uh, the other part that came out of this was it's also there's a lot of speculation. Are we fantasy booking right now? By the way, what, no. <laughs> this is one of this, well, this is one of those things that there, there's so much to speculate about this, and there's obviously a lot of time before anything definitive is going to come out of this. So there's a lot because there's a lot of outcomes to this. It's 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 fun to take a look at all the possibilities that could happen, and, and like I said, we could make a whole show out of fantasy booking what this potentials are here you know there's there's even the the rumor out there that wwe is floating these fox rumors in order to drive up their price for usa to renew them you know there's or for fox to just buy them outright outright which would also make sense because vince mcmahon just took a whole like a whole bunch of shares off to the side and made alpha in entertainment could that be his way of kind of keeping his foot in in his own business if he loses or sells his major business you know, is that some is that his way of having toys on the side that he can play with, or is that him preparing for what might be a buyout? No, it's it's combination of the two. We know he's trademarked some stuff regarding the uh, XFL. Uh, we it's it's now clear, and it, this is confirmed that he is interested in being a part of, if not going in and on the Carolina Panthers because they're up for sale. Sure, I can see all again fantasy booking, speculation, all of that good stuff. I can see him. I don't want to say leaving WWE, but exiting slowly over the course of the next three to five years and getting more into professional athletics. Well, look at all the things that over the years Vince McMahon has wanted to try to get into and hasn't always been successful doing, whether it's a music label or a nightclub or a football league or you know the number of other things that he's tried to get his hands into to varying degrees of success. Uh, and really, at the end of the day, the only thing he's really been monstrously successful at is wrestling. Is he at the point of his career now where he's go where he goes? I've done all I can do in wrestling. I'll stick around as a creative consultant for WWE if it sells and still kind of you know steer the ship. Yeah, uh, and so be and still have it be my baby in that way. But I want I really want to go put my effort into making my mark somewhere else. That doesn't seem to be from what we know. That doesn't seem to be Vince's character. Yeah, I don't think he'll ever. And, and this is just me putting my opinion on this and, and speaking for Vince. I don't think he's ever going to leave his baby. You know what I mean? I don't think this is going to be a situation where uh, he sells enough to lose creative control and has the potential of being forced out a la Bill Watts and WCW. Uh, I don't think that will happen. But then again, stranger things have happened. And it, it, it does look like he could be making moves to preserve uh, some power or some agency uh, with some of the moves he's making. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this develops. We will definitely keep an eye on this. Uh, this is not the last time you're going to hear us talk about this on this show. I think this is going to be a long-running story throughout the course of the year to see what Absolutely. happens as they get towards 2019 and making that new deal, regardless of what happens. Yeah, does, does we Fox, know it's coming. Does Fox renew UFC? Does NBC Universal steal UFC and then have nothing for WWE? Does WWE play uh, NBC and Fox against each other and get a bigger contract for TV if they go to Fox? What's that going to mean for their schedule and the shows that we see on TV? Does it's, Fox buy WWE? Does Fox buy WWE outright? Or does NBC Universal slip in the back door and do it? It's Again, they're open for business. This is a huge story that is just beginning to percolate. Another big story that we heard this week was uh, Goldberg is going oh, to be the man. head of the class oh, for the Hall of Fame in 2018. Okay. Hey, cool. Yeah. Yep. 
I can get right behind that. that. Yep. If, if it's not The Undertaker, it might as well be Goldberg. Yep. You know, I, I would not be surprised if Undertaker shows up in that as well. So. I, no, he's, I'll tell you why he's not. Okay. There's no way Undertaker isn't head of the class, one. Fair. Two, uh, in, in my opinion, them putting Goldberg in here this year is a sign that Undertaker is not retired yet. He's going to be at the, at the Mania. He's going to be a Mania. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's my speculation. Oh, well, in addition to the signings that we talked about earlier around Ricochet, War Machine, and Candice, Candice LeRae, EC3 has also shown up at the he's, Performance Center. Yeah, he's looking like he's... This is my speculation because his contract's up with TNA. We haven't heard any official announcements because, this is my speculation, we may have another AJ Styles moment where in the middle of the Royal Rumble, EC3 comes out. Oh. Now, the question is, will he be known as EC3 or, or not? Also, James Storm and uh, Lashley are rumored to potentially end up over at uh, WWE as well. James Storm has explicitly said he wants to end up at WWE when he does and how he does is up in the air. Uh, Lashley, that we don't really have any idea, but it would make sense that he would he might end up back in WWE. Yeah, he might go on a run in, in Japan. Who knows? Yeah. But he's he's free to do what he wants now. Uh, their contracts are done over at TNA. We've got some results from Progress 61. Ian, why don't you run them down for yeah, us? Yeah, uh, just a couple of quick notes. Uh, the Grizzled Young Vets fought uh, Mustache Mountain, beat them, uh, and that was actually fun because Trent Seven, one of the members of Mustache Mountain, uh, as you know, also showing up all the time in NXT. He gave uh, Triple H a call before this match just to make sure that everything was kosher. <laughs> okay. uh, Will Ospreay defeated Adam Brooks. Uh, Brooks is looking like one of the better uh, heels in, in Progress these days. He's got a lot of charisma. Um, some crazy moves in this match is in this match, as you would expect from your IWGP junior heavyweight champion in Will Ospreay and, uh, good news over in the heavyweight title picture. Uh, Chris Brooks challenged our boy, Travis, 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 Travis fucking banks. banks. And he lost because Travis effing banks should stay at the top of the pile. The yes. Kiwi, Kiwi buzzsaw is having a hell of a 2017 and 2018. So very good news coming out of progress. 61, uh, not such good news. For uh, Tim Storm, uh, he and Josephus had an empty uh, empty uh, arena match for the number one contendership to Nick Aldis's NWA heavyweight title. Now, why would you do that? Uh, I don't know. It was a, it's like a, it's a weird gimmick match. It was kind of it's weird because to not have the crowd reaction, yeah. but it was a good match. And it ended with uh, with poor Tim Storm taking a fall through two ladders. And Josephus walking off with the number one contendership in his and his spiritual advisor's hands. That's oh, a, a cool little angle with him. He's got like a, a Serena Deeb, uh, CM Punk era Serena Deeb advising him spiritually. So it's a cool angle, actually. If you, if you aren't up on what's going on in NWA, it's worth a look. Some cool stuff going on there. Well, we weren't done with the neck injuries yet for this episode. Uh, apparently, Jazzy Gabbard has also had neck surgery repairing three discs. The alpha female herself. <sighs> <laughs> uh, you may, you may remember her from the May Young Classic, looking awesome. Uh, yes. She's uh, she's one that I think a lot of people really wanted WWE to sign, and they were hesitant to because of her injuries to her neck. Uh, now that she's had, as you said, three discs repaired, uh, thirty five. She's thirty five with a repaired neck. I, I don't know. She does have a YouTube channel called Road to with a broken freaking neck. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. Sorry, hey, Jazzy. I'm just saying. Girl. She's she has a YouTube channel called Road to Recovery. She's a wonderful human being. Yes. She's a sweetheart. Fingers massively crossed for her because she would be, I, I think, with her look and everything, she'd be a massive, uh, she has a massive upside and could do really well in WWE despite a lot of what could be perceived as downsides. 
Liver and Lucha Underground. We, we talked recently about how they did pick up, get picked up for a new season. Yes. And Dr. Wagner Jr. is yes. going to be in the new season yes. of Lucha Underground. He was in a couple of the previous seasons as a hired gun. Uh, this time he's coming back in. My question is, does he come back in with his mask on? Or he's unmasked in real life. Remember, he got unmasked by killer by Psycho Clown. Yes. Uh, so in real life, you know, in down in Mexico, does he come in with his cool, like, you know, kind of Dos Equis, most interesting man in the world look that he has. I, I, I think it could be awesome. If he's a regular on Lucha Underground, I, th- I think he'd make a great character. That's really exciting to me. Wagner Jr. is one, you know, all-time great Mexican wrestlers. Uh, so that's that's really cool news. What's not cool, Ian, is we missed Pro Wrestling Gorilla's Mystery Vortex here by a week. I just did not know it was going down. I literally looked today for the first time of the 2018 to see, all right, let's see what the schedule is going to be. And that, pfft, Mystery Vortex was a week ago. Yep. Yeah. Damn I, it. I honestly, and I, I also completely wasn't on my radar. I missed it as well. The only reason I knew it happened at first is because the night it happened, uh, my good, our good friend Vanessa posted an Instagram picture of her on, uh, on Keith Lee's shoulder, <laughs> shoulder, because that's how, that's how big that guy is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's, I'm so mad. I missed that, but, uh, um, we do have the results. So we do have the results for us real quick. Uh, real quick. Joey Janela defeated flash Morgan Webster, Sammy Guevara defeated Ray Phoenix, huh. which I was kind of shocked by, but okay. Sammy Guevara has got the rocket strapped to him. So that's not actually too surprising. Keith Lee, as we mentioned, was there and, uh, Zach Sabre jr. Was forced to bask in his glory as he beat Zach Sabre, oh. uh, get back to the, get back to Japan, Zach, right? Uh, what are you Trent, doing over here? <laughs> Trent defeated Marty Skrull. What are you doing a, over here? <laughs> which is, <laughs> well, he's not the champ anymore. You can be fine. over here. Uh, the Chosen Bros, of course, Matt Riddle and Jeff Cobb, yes. our boy Jeff Cobb, defeated Ring Kampf and retained, retained the tag titles. And uh, as you may have guessed, based on our big news, Ricochet did indeed lose his PWG chi- title the week before he officially signed with WWE. He lost it to Chucky e. T. Chuck Taylor becomes the second two-time champ of PWG. I guess we can't use Ricochet's bumper anymore because he says he's the only two-time P... Well, I guess Battle of Los Angeles champion, so I guess we could still use it, technically. I'm still absolutely... We should absolutely use it. Ricochet, I love you. (laughs) Uh, Also this week, something that got started, the WWE Mixed Match Challenge. Now, full disclosure, I've not had a chance to watch this yet as it was on Facebook Watch, which is a new kind of hand-picked service that Facebook has launched to start doing TV programming. So a lot of the popular talk shows and prices right game shows and things like that are, are also reproducing their content on there or producing exclusive content on Facebook Watch. So guys, keep an eye out for some of that stuff. WWE jumped on board with this mixed match challenge uh, this week. So Nakamura and Natalia lost to Finn Balor and Sasha Banks. Yeah, I mean, Finn Balor versus Nakamura... Hey, now, yeah. you, have, you have my attention. It was actually a really fun match. I did get a chance to watch it. Um, I'm still not a big fan of the way that WWE does the the intergender tags where you can't have... It's not true intergender. You know, yeah. you can't have the guys and the girls in the ring together. Uh, although there was some interaction. There, uh, there was a couple spots where, you know... There was some interaction, but not physical, like not no not, no attacking, if you will. Twenty eighteen, we're in the world of equality. I, look at Lucha Underground; they can uh, pull exactly. it off. Exactly. I mean, even for, CMLL, they, they do uh, yeah. intergender stuff. So, Come anyway. on, man! Come if, on, if Sexy Star can be a, can beat a, be a champ and beat up the guys uh, the way she beats up the girls, yes, uh, she then, does. then why not? Yeah, no, this is an interesting thing. Um, so the whole idea of this is there's I I believe it's a hundred thousand dollars that's going to the charity that each team decides they're going to have a tournament. 
And then of the losers, uh, the audience will vote who gets to come back in the finals. So anyone who loses doesn't mean they're out entirely. They could get voted back in at some point. Um, That being said, I'm just going to put this out there right now that the charities that these these, uh, tag teams are fighting for uh, might be a little telling as to who's going to win. For example... Uh, Elias and Bailey are doing this for AmeriCares. Jimmy Uso and Naomi are, are doing it for Boys and Girls Club of America. Uh, Bobby Roode, Charlotte Flair are doing it for Girl Up. Rusev and Lana are global citizen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Natalia, if out of, you know, interesting enough, we're doing Make-A-Wish. Um, Sami Zayn and Becky Lynch are UNICEF. Finn Balor and Sasha Banks are, are going for Special Olympics. Now, the early favorites for this and and the ones who I think... Uh, it's going to be hard to beat our Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss. Let me guess, Connor's Cure. Yes, sir. That is correct. That is correct, It was going to be that or Susan G. Komen. <laughs> no, it is Connor's Cure, which, of course, as we all know, is WWE's in-house yes. uh, charity Tax for, for, well, I'm sorry, for child cancer. Yeah, you think? Uh, no, G- Susan G. Komen is Apollo Crews and Nia Jax, which... Uh, yeah, a bit of the outside, but it could still pull it off. Nah, it's going to be Braun and Alexa. Yeah, which uh, to me is just, it just screams classic WWE. Uh, just keeping everything in house. Just anyway, on the nose, yeah. So so on the nose. But anyway, yeah, we'll keep our eyes on Mixed Mass Challenge and see what happens there. Go Braun Strowman. You've got my uh, attention. Next week, we've anyway. got Carmella and Big E versus Asuka and The Miz. That'll be good. Uh, yeah, I think we can guess who's going to win that, though. Well, based on their charities. Uh, who knows? Uh, based on the fact that Oscar is going to kick the shit out of Carmella. I'll, and I'll leave it at that. Well, guys, that's our show for this week. Uh, come on over and join us in the Facebook discussion group. Just search for Busted Wide Open and you'll find us there. Post funny memes, talk about the show every week, and any hot news that happens in the world of professional wrestling. You can also hit us up on Twitter at BWO Podcast, where you'll find us tweeting about some stuff throughout the week, newsy type things. Or send us an email, bwo at orbitaljigsaw.com. If you want to support this show and rock some sweet swag, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash store. You can find some BWO hoodies, phone cases, coffee mugs, all that jazz. And don't forget to head over to iTunes or the uh, podcast site of your choosing and give us a five-star review. Give us a comment. Leave some feedback. Let us know what we're doing well. Let us know what you'd like to see improved. And just let us know how we can make a better show for you guys out there in podcast land. Absolutely. But on that note, I'm Nick Howell. You can find me over on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.